1: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
2: Aaron Rodgers' debut in New York was the stuff of nightmares, even though they won. Did the Jets' title hopes just vanish after four snaps? Also, the Chargers did not get off to a great start, and Chris Jones is returning to a good defensive line for the Chiefs. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports today
1: searching all major sports found let's start with the biggest story on the
2: night when Aaron Rodgers makes his New York Jets debut and then exits with what looked like a bad ankle injury it was a rookie who ends up being the talk of the night Xavier Gibson Punt return touchdown in overtime to give the Jets a stunning 22-16 win. Okay, the real story is Aaron Rodgers, but the story of the game was the rookie and the game-winning punt return. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins me now. And, John, we'll get to the game part of this in a second because it is important the Jets needed to get a game like this, especially if Aaron Rodgers is going to miss time. But when Aaron Rodgers goes down and gets helped off the field and then goes into the blue tent... And then gets carted off the field. Jets fans are thinking, what?
0: How could this be happening again? How can nev- nothing ever go right for this franchise? I mean, you've seen this team the last decade, you've seen this team the last 50 years. Nothing mm-hmm. ever goes right for this franchise. And finally, you kind of let your guard down. You think everything's going to be okay. We find things are finally going to go right. A Hall of Fame quarterback, it's like four plays and he's gone. And you're thinking, I can't believe this has happened again. And it's like it's 1999 all over again when the Jets had a team that you thought were going to contend for the Super Bowl. And Vinny Testaverde goes down and he's gone for the season. And you saw, I mean, I saw the look on Rodgers's face. I saw Robert Sala. I saw the team's reaction. I mean, it was just a devastating thing. The crowd was so electric at the start of the game. And you could hear a pin drop in MetLife Stadium afterwards. its You're just thinking nothing can ever go right for this franchise.
2: And so... That actually, I think, can be instructive for us because they come back and they win this game. And Zach Wilson plays a big part in that. Garrett Wilson probably plays a bigger part in that, right? He he makes the incredible play to get them in, in position to win this game. And then, you know, Josh Allen forces overtime. But let's say it's not a season ender for Aaron Rodgers. And we don't know, as we record this late on Sunday night, what the severity of that injury is. There was a report he's going to get an MRI on Monday, but the Jets say X-rays are negative, not broken. With what they're calling an ankle injury, we could be looking back on this right and and say this was actually a moment that this team came together, going, "Hey, we can win without Aaron Rodgers. Wait till we get Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be unstoppable."
0: Yeah, I mean, tangibly, it's an important win because it's against your biggest competition. So it's a you bank a win in, in division. You know, head-to-head could come into play. If there's a tie, you get a win against Buffalo. So there's the tangible point of this, but there's the intangible point you you just laid out, which is this team, this was one of, the, this may be the guttiest win I've ever seen the Jets have. And I've been watching the Jets for three decades. I mean, <laughs> I thought this team was, I, I, nobody, I, I don't think there. I think if any Jets fan told you they thought they were winning this game when Aaron Rodgers went down, they were lying. I think if any Jets fan told you they thought they were winning this game after Zach Wilson threw that interception in the second quarter, mm. they were lying to you. And they just somehow found a way. And I think one other key thing that you know, could get swept under the rug in this is Brees Hall looked great. And that was one of the lingering questions heading into the season. Brees Hall's coming off a serious knee injury. I think everybody expected at some point, again, he would look like the player who was so dominant the first half of last season. The question is, would it be you know, early this season? Would it be late this season? Would it be next year? Because sometimes it takes more than a year to get, even when you're a healthy enough to play he takes to really be himself 100 and the first play of the night he rips off a 26 yard run and he then he rips off an 83 yard run he looks like himself and something that you know came to mind is last year the Jets were not getting a lot out of their quarterback position but in the early part of the season they were winning games because Brees Hall was giving them enough offense so you know listen you hope Aaron Rodgers is healthy and this season gets a lot tougher if he's not there but there is a formula for the Jets to win games as they're currently constructed right now because they kind of followed that formula in this game. You know, it was great, a great defensive performance forcing turnovers, which is something they did not do all that well last year. And Brees Hall looking great on the ground. So, you know, it, I don't, you hope Aaron Rodgers is okay because listen, this season could be something special if Aaron Rodgers is there. If he's not, though, the season's not over in this game. Kind of shows you that there is a path for the Jets to win games as they're constructed, even if they don't have Aaron Rodgers.
2: Quickly, John, if it is the worst case scenario and he is going to miss Aaron Rodgers the whole season, do you have to pick up the phone given what has been invested in this season and see if you can get a veteran call? See if you can, can, can Jameis Winston come play? Does Tom Brady want to come out of retirement and relinquish his stake in the Raiders? Like, it, do you, do you have to consider that?
0: I think all options have to be on the table. Now, Zach Wilson made some plays in the fourth quarter, yeah. but there were some shaky moments early in the, early in the game. And I think more, as much as anything, even if you do believe Zach Wilson's the quarterback, now Tim Boyle is your backup. And I don't think you want to be one hit away from Tim Boyle being your backup quarterback. So I think there, there will be some activity required, but I'll you know, knock on wood. And as you said, as we're recording this, we don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. So you just hope it's not the worst case scenario.
2: Stay up to date all year on the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Jets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Chargers can't afford too many games like their first one this year. Before we get to why, the Ravens have their replacement ready for J.K. Dobbins. Get into the NFL season like never before with amazing offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. After the first week of games, Tua Tungavailoa is one of the favorites to win the NFL MVP. FanDuel has his odds 6-1. to He's tied with Patrick Mahomes at 6-1. to Josh Allen is next at 8-1, and those are getting much longer after what we saw on Monday night, my goodness. Well, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow sit at 9-1. to one. Christian McCaffrey, first position player on the list, he's 75-1. to one. Actually, not a bad bet. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same-game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So visit Fandle.com slash and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Fanduel official partner of the NFL.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
2: A day after the Baltimore Ravens lost running back J.K. Dobbins to a season-ending Achilles injury, Coach John Harbaugh said Monday that the team will not look to add a running back outside the organization and will use a committee in the backfield going forward.
3: No, I think that uh, we're good. I like the guys we got. Melvin uh, is going to, you know, he's here for a reason and uh, certainly didn't expect it to be this quick, but uh, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have put it in those terms before. And so why would I answer the question in those terms after, you know, we've got backs, we play our backs. They all play, they play well. We love our backs. We love all of our guys and, you know, it's just, nowadays, NFL, is, uh, is a lot of guys have to play. I think that's pretty clear, you know, and you roll guys, you play personnel groups, there's a lot of strategy to it. And uh, all, every single guy on your roster has got to be able to win for you as a starter, you know? And so, I pretty much consider, you consider all the guys starters, really, if just being truthful about it. They all have to be able to play that well. They're, they're on the team for a reason.
2: Pittsburgh Steelers will be without one of their defensive captains who is a driving force on their defensive line. Cameron Hayward suffered a groin injury in the first half of the season-opening loss to the San Francisco 49ers. A decision on whether Hayward will undergo surgery hasn't yet been made, and they're waiting on a second opinion coming Tuesday. Hayward appeared to injure his groin-rushing quarterback Brock Purdy in the first quarter Sunday. A little deja vu for the Steelers, who lost T.J. Watt for much of last season in the first game to a torn pack. Suspended Michigan State head football coach Mel Tucker adamantly denied claims that he sexually harassed Brenda Tracy, a sexual assault awareness speaker, in a statement Monday. Speaking through his attorney, Tucker said he developed an intimate adult relationship with Tracy and that her claims that he harassed her are completely false. He said an upcoming hearing to assess whether he violated university policy is, quote, ridiculously flawed and not designed to arrive at the truth. On the diamond, the Brewers trounced the Marlins. Hi, everybody. Chuck Freeman from the Locked On Brewers Anchor Desk, where the Brewers came back with a vengeance on Monday and destroyed the Miami Marlins
0: 12 to nothing. And Josh Donaldson called up, put in the lineup right away, and, and that's what Council likes to do when somebody gets called up or gets traded to the team. He likes to put them in the lineup right away. No waiting around on the bench. And Donaldson contributed with an RBI base hit and looked fine over in third base. Some interesting comments from
2: Council regarding moving forward. Is Andrew Monasterio going to be in the third baseman, or is it going to be Josh Donaldson? It sounds like he still likes Monasterio. He's been on fire as of late, hitting 350 in his last 15 games or so. But we'll talk more about this coming
0: up on Lockdown Brewers. Brandon Woodruff, a complete game shutout. You don't see those too often. Would
2: he get some offensive support? We'll talk about all this coming up on Lockdown Brewers a little bit later on tonight, everybody
1: another story you need to know. It was the most
2: exciting game of the weekend. A 36-34 barn burner between the Chargers and the Dolphins. But if you're an L.A. fan, you're probably going, you know what I would take? A really boring, easy win where we don't have to worry about what's going on late in the fourth quarter. But that's just not life for Chargers fans right now. David Droegemeier from Locked on Chargers joins me now. And David, this L.A. team with new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, put up a historic Offensive performance, the run game was unbelievable, 234 yards on the ground, but they could not get a single solitary stop against Tua and this Miami Dolphins offense. So with all of the changes that were made in the offseason and all the changes that they needed to make, what is the biggest takeaway for you coming out of this game?
4: Yeah, I mean, on the offensive side, I mean, wow, the running game, that was fantastic. I don't think we were expecting that. I think we saw those changes in the preseason, and they racked up some pretty crazy rushing numbers, and we wanted to see if that was going to translate, and it absolutely did. I mean, Austin Eckler goes over 100. Josh Kelly gets almost 100 as well. So, I mean, they they had a a fantastic rushing performance, but on defense— that was atrocious. I mean, they could not buy a stop. They, they just could not do anything. Tua was having his way. They had no pass rush of any kind. They, for some reason, allowed Tyreek Hill to be in man coverage in 20 snaps, which I do not understand for the life of me. That should never happen. I mean, that guy is the one dude you cannot let beat you. I mean, you need to double team him every single time. Make anyone else on that offense beat you. The Chargers were not able to do that. They did not have any answers. And uh, obviously after game one and having a performance like that, the sky is falling. Everybody is viscerally reacting to that performance, which I understand to a degree, but also it's game one. I mean, Things will get better. They will change. You're not going to go up against a, a better you know, receiving tandem as far as speed is concerned the rest of the
2: season. You look at this Chargers defense, though, high picks at premium positions. Derwin James is supposed to be a star first-round pick. You know, you you have Joey Bosa, who's a superstar. Khalil Mack, later in his career, but still a star player. Asante Samuel Jr., Kenneth Murray, a former high pick. Like, they've invested in this defense. They go out and get Eric Kendricks at the linebacker spot this offseason. And Brandon Staley comes to L.A. having made his bones in the other L.A., as a defensive genius, and they can't get stops, still. So, where do they go from here?
4: Yeah, well, fortunately, uh, the, their upcoming matchup is going to be a little more forgiving uh, against the pass, going up against the Tennessee Titans and uh, Ryan Tannehill, who yeah. threw three interceptions uh, and also didn't particularly run the ball very well either. So. I mean, I I think this is a a potential to kind of get right a little bit on the defensive side to kind of wake up those pass rushers. Anytime you get a sack, it's always going to give you some more confidence and really just kind of lets you relax a little bit. I mean, you always want to get that first, whether it's your first touchdown on offense or it's your first sack or your first interception on defense. That seems to kind of calm things down a little bit. And that's the only thing that you can do. You have to flush this performance. It it was absolutely terrible. You got to learn from it but you have to make sure that you go into this game with a fresh mindset going up against a new opponent because every single week it takes on a life of its own. It's a new game, and you have to come in it and approach it in that
2: fashion. So if you're the Chargers now, we talked about the running game, but Justin Herbert, it's not like they lit up the scoreboard through the air. They, they, they didn't need to in right. this game. 34 points. It's hard to complain about the offense, but... Justin Herbert still only averaged about seven yards per attempt. You didn't get much out of Mike Williams. Quentin Johnson was was mostly a non-factor in this game. What do they need to do to get this passing game going? Because if they're going to be in these shootouts, you're going to need those guys with Justin Herbert, who we barely talked about in this segment, mostly because I don't have any questions about Justin Herbert. So what do they do now?
4: Well, I think that game plan was more specific to the Miami Dolphins and knowing you're going up against the the Vic Fangio defense who's going to try to put, you know, that roof over the coverage and not allow those explosive plays. They knew that they were going to run into lighter boxes and which, by the way, the
2: Chargers did too and still could not stop creating explosive plays. So,
4: (laughs) yeah, they stopped the run. They they stopped the run pretty effectively, but it doesn't matter if you give up almost 500 yards passing. If you stop the run Mm. Uh, in that situation, you got to be able to do both. But I'm not necessarily concerned uh, about that. I'm not concerned about the passing offense because that wasn't the game plan. I think going up against the Tennessee Titans, it's going to be a lot different. You're going to see a lot more explosive plays. You're going to see a game plan that's tailored to beating the Tennessee Titans. And I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities to throw the ball down the field and utilize Keenan Allen and utilize Mike Williams and all the other you know amazing weapons that the Chargers have at their disposal. I think you got to be able to beat the team that you're going up against on any given Sunday. And I think the chargers have the offense to do that.
2: Stay up to date all gear on the LA chargers by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on chargers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Chris Jones has returned to the fold for the chiefs as they look to bounce back from a week one loss.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Chris Jones was not on the field for the Chiefs' opening night loss to the Lions. He'll be back on the field for them in Week 2, though. Locked On Chiefs host Chris Clark and Ryan Tracy believed the Chiefs' defensive line was already showing promise. And now... Is complete. But him being motivated, I think, is the bigger takeaway for the team. Because
0: I was really happy. I was really, really happy with the way the young guys played the other night and at least put up a fight. You know, was it it earth-shattering? No. But you add Chris to a unit that actually held their own decently, 14 points to the Detroit Lions, and a run game that could have, I think, run for a lot more. Like, they held their own, and now you add Chris back. And then you're going to get a menu back in a few weeks, like all these things stacking up. Well, that makes me feel a lot better about the whole thing. No. And I think it's a good thing. That, I mean, it's, it's a great reason to feel good about the whole thing. And I think that you also have to look at it from the aspect of you're absolutely right. I mean, the
2: defense played above what you would expect against the Detroit lions without Chris Jones. In football, there's this long held notion of the planet theory that there are only so many guys on the planet as big, as fast, as athletic, as powerful as someone like, Chris Jones, and that they are unique and therefore uniquely valuable. And one of the reasons is like a planet, they have gravity. They can become force multipliers. So getting Chris Jones back is great, but so is all the gravity he can create. You have to double Chris Jones, which means someone like George Karloftis, you're going to have to single him up, block him one on one. It makes life easier for everyone else. And when you played well, And this front did play well against the Lions. Now you have the force multiplier in the mix. It makes everyone else better. It also helps that, you know, now he's one of the most highest paid athletes on the planet. That's its own kind of planet theory. And finally, Pittsburgh Pirates third baseman Brian Hayes pleaded with Major League Baseball on Sunday to institute the automated ball strike system after an obvious missed call in a subsequent conversation with the umpire. The call took place during Sunday's game against the Atlanta Braves, with plate umpire Bill Miller calling a strike on a pitch shown to be well outside the strike zone, as Hayes was starting toward first base after flipping his bat back for what he thought was a walk. Classic mistake, though. If you act like you just got a walk before the umpire calls a walk, the umpire is probably, seemingly almost always, going to call a strikeout just out of spite. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, how much did the AFC shift with Aaron Rodgers' injury? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.